as I said, we're going to kick off a new series this afternoon. So, uh, this series is all about prayer. Okay, but today's sermon isn't isn't necessarily a lesson on how to pray particularly. Okay, today we're gonna we're gonna dig in a little bit into into God. Actually, we're gonna carry on some of what was brought from the fund. Say things like, why is God worthy of praise? And say, as I go through, I do want you to to be thinking about prayer. But more, we're going to face on why. Why are we praying? Why are we doing these things? Um, the reason we've started this series isn't because we think it's a good idea at the beginning of the year. It's nothing to do with The reason we're doing this is because God has spoken. God said that he wants us to, to, to go over the Lord's prayer. To go through it uh, slowly. And to spend time, and as we do that, we're trusting that something's going to happen in our hearts. That, that we as a, a people are going to um, encounter prayer in a different way. Okay? So this, this isn't uh, a good idea, particularly. We're not going to spend ages in it because that sounds like a fun thing to do. We're going to do it because God's called us to. Okay? So it's not even about trying to get our prayer meetings better. Although, I do pray that they would become better. Not that they're bad now, but I want to see more. <laughs> I don't know about you, I want to see, I want to see more people praying. I want to see God doing more in this place. I want to see Woking being affected by prayer, by things that we're doing, by the way that we're affected by our hearts as we, as we encounter God and then go out to the people around us. I, I'm trusting that as we individually give ourselves to this call, this, this next five weeks, we're asking you to, to dig into prayer in a fresh way. We're saying, let this be a season of prayer. I'm praying that as we do that, we individually are greatly affected. But we don't want to be individually affected just for us. We want to be individually affected because we as groups of individuals, as a group of individuals, want to be together on a, on a mission for God. And so that's what I'm praying. That's what I'm praying in this this season of prayer does. We're not actually even calling you to pray for anything in particular. Okay? We're, we're calling you to just pray. So, I, I don't know where you're at with prayer at the moment. I don't know uh, how, whether you even pray. I don't know whether you pray on your own or not. I don't know whether you come to prayer meetings or not. I, I, I just hope that you guys individually can join with us as we say we are going to dedicate some extra time to God over this next five weeks to spend time with Him. Uh, I want to be real. Uh, I get that for some people prayer is is a strange thing. For some for some of you, you may not even pray very often. I reckon a lot of you and a lot of us would consider that we don't pray enough. Philip Yancey uh, did a, he wrote a book quite cleverly named called Prayer. And um, he, he writes in this about an interview he did. He says he interviewed ordinary people about prayer. Typically the results went like this. Is prayer important to you? Oh yes. How often do you pray? Every day. Approximately how long? Five minutes. Or oh, well, maybe seven. Do you find prayer satisfying? 
Not often. Do you sense the presence of God when you pray? Occasionally. Not often. Many of those I talked to experienced prayer more as a burden than as a pleasure. They regarded it as important, even paramount, but felt guilty about their failure, blaming themselves. He goes up to his publisher, the conductor of the poll, the numbers will come up. He said, of 678 respondents, only 23 felt satisfied with the time they were spending in prayer. That's terrifying. Now, there's all sorts of different reasons we know that. But the only reason I'm really sharing that is because, although that's the state of American prayer, I'm pretty sure it is the state of the UK as well. And I'm pretty sure it reflects what many of us will feel like. I'm, I'm probably in that group of 655 feeling like I don't pray enough. I, I've got so much time, surely I could fit my prayer. There's something in us that, that goes that way, isn't there? But I do think prayer is important. And I do think that prayer is something that, I, I mean, to, to speak Christianese, prayer is a spiritual discipline. It's something that's good for us, it's a healthy activity that we should be doing. And actually, when I do give it the time that I feel I should, I do find it a great joy. So I hope that, that this series helps that to be a reality for all of us, that we would find ourselves praying more, enjoying it more, getting the privilege that it is to be able to pray, getting the sense that, that actually we are connecting So we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer. I'll read it now, but, but I'm going to focus just on the first verse today. And then over the next, the coming four weeks after, uh, we'll have a different sermon on each of the verses. And we're just going to take our time over it. Okay? So, if you want to turn your Bibles to Matthew 6. I reckon a lot of you probably know it by heart. If you don't have a Bible, don't mind, it'll come up on the screen. I'm just kicking off from verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I'm just going to pray. Lord, I, I want to thank you that we are able to talk to you. I want to thank you that you have brought us here today. And God, I thank you that you have in your plan a message for us to hear today. Lord, I pray that hearts will be changed. And ultimately, that actually lives will be changed. Whether ours or those around us, we pray that, that this wouldn't end with, with a bit more going on in private. And no 
change to our daily activities. And we pray that actually this week all will. So that your name is more glorified. So that you are lifted up more in our lives and all that we do. God, you are so worthy, so glorious. We want to praise you. And say, Lord, I pray, would you, would you speak to us today? Lord, I trust that, that even though I'm not going to share any groundbreaking theology here, most people will have heard and I pray that, that as you remind us of it, in your timing, that those words sink deep and have an effect. Thank you, God. Amen. So very quickly, this is, this is probably a lot of you know called the Lord's Prayer. Um, it comes during the, the main piece of teaching that Jesus gives on prayer. Okay? He, he doesn't actually give much teaching on prayer other than by example. So this is, this is the main bit of teaching. It's quite a simple prayer, as you can see, which is no surprise given a few verses before he's just warned people not to pray long, lengthy, showy prayers. Okay, so it's no surprise that he's kept this one quite short and succinct. Um, but I do, I, I do want to just pick up on that briefly, because I've just said that we're going to spend five weeks praying through quite a short prayer. Okay? Now, I don't feel like that is in conflict with what Jesus has said. Jesus isn't saying you're not allowed to pray long prayers ever. He is saying don't pray long uh, showy prayers. Don't, don't make them long just to appear like you're extra holy. That doesn't impress God at all. Right? Um, if Jesus was saying you're only allowed to pray short prayers, then he would have got it wrong when he prayed for so long that his followers fell asleep waiting for him to finish, right? Okay? He, he obviously prayed for a long time. I feel quite content asking you guys to do the same thing, okay? Um, so let's move on very quickly. Um, this prayer might be short, but it is incredibly rich. It is full of great content. It's full of, of, of things that if we dig into, we will find out more about what it means to be a Christian, more about what it means to what God has done. Now, now we're going to use the whole of Scripture to do that, in okay? case so we're not just going to talk one verse today. I will go through all sorts of different bits today, and as we go through the following weeks, we're going to go through the, all sorts of scriptures. This whole book is about a story, isn't it? It's about what God has done, about God's, God's creation moving through to, to Him coming for us, through to, to what He's done for us individually and where we are destined to spend our eternity, right? This is one story. So we're going to draw from all different aspects of it today. Um, but as I say, our focus is around the first line. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, having said it's a simple prayer, this, this line uh, possibly is the only word that really needs explaining. Hallowed. And, and what does hallowed mean? Well, quite simply, it means to, to acknowledge something as holy or as set apart. Or to, 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 in your mind, set something apart as special. Okay, let me give you a trivial example to help explain. Think back to Christmas Day, 
You've sat down to your Christmas roast. Okay. I, I, I thought a few examples, they all related to food. So, you know, <laughs> think of that crispy roast potato that you put to the side of the plate, right? You, you're going to save it to the end because you want to finish on high. Well, this is what I do. Maybe you eat it first, I don't know. Either way, either way, you've chosen to set it apart as special. Okay, and there's actually two things you've done there. One is you have actively gone, I'm going to make this one a special one. But not because you doing that makes it special. You're acknowledging it that it is better than everything else on your plate. Okay? Now, I'm not going to lie, an important factor here is you could use painting blankets instead of potatoes. Okay? Whatever it is that you think is special, that, that's what it means to hallow something. In doing that, I made that potato a hallowed potato. Okay? Now, that's tricky. But it's helpful because there's that two aspect. There's the active setting aside, choosing to set something aside, out of acknowledgement that it is better than everything else. Okay? So when we say we want to hallow God's name, that's what we do. We are choosing to acknowledge it as being a greater name than any other name. Okay? So. Let's start, let's look at our Father in Heaven. I want to start there, because when we start at looking at who our Father in Heaven is, we can't help but end with going crazy. Hallowed be your name. So we're going to start with our Father, and then hopefully we're going to end with hallowed be his name. So, we're going to go through a lot of different passages. Um, I'm going to whistle through them. So I'm not going to give you time to look them up, I'm sorry, but they will come up on the screen, okay? Um, let's start right at the beginning. I'm just going to put a few points of interest out of each other, we're not going to spend ages digging into this. Um, so, let's start right at the beginning, Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth is without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. You know the rest of the account. God, God spoke into being land and sea and animals and stars and, and people. He spoke, and they were created. The other thing I want to just put out, God has always been there. He's spoken all history began. He spoke and, and the beginning of everything that we've ever encountered started. It, everything you've ever touched this world began that day. With God speaking. Now, this doesn't just show how powerful God is. This shows how different from us He is. To not acknowledge that would be like a painting trying to say that it was 
as good as the artist. God is greater than us, so unimaginably greater than us. But actually, just like a painting saying that it's as good as the artist, that is what we went on to do. We put ourselves up to be like God's. We, we decide that we know best. We decided that humanity decided that, that it was an equal to God. We didn't need to do what God said, or not do what he said not to do. We started doing things our own way, and as a consequence, the great separation came. Isaiah puts it like this, your iniquities have made, or your, your, your failings, the things you've done wrong, have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. So God's not only nothing like us, but you're separated from him. Because of our refusal, actually, to acknowledge him as being greater than us. Our refusal to trust him and to admit that he may know best. Ultimately, our refusal to hallow his name. And that's had a catastrophic effect on our interaction with God. Let's move on. Let's look at another passage and see that effect. This is from Exodus. Exodus 19. The Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And he shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up onto the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. A few verses on, it says, Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And we're singing this earlier. And at the sound of the trumpet, so as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. So God's presence was with his people. Well, his presence was on top of a mountain with his people were at the bottom of. And it filled the entire mountain. When he spoke, it was like thunder. But, but the effect that I was talking about was that his people couldn't even go to the mountain. They couldn't be in his presence because otherwise they would perish, they would die. Now, that's a hard concept to get our heads around, right? And until we see God as this holy, great, set-apart one, it's hard for us to understand how he, without being sin, can't allow us with our sin to enter into his presence. And actually, if we go on, 
a bit further on it says, The Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people lest they break through to the Lord to look, and many of them perish. Listen to this word. Also, let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. So here we begin to get this hint that you can do something to allow yourself to come near to God. Consecration. Now I don't, I, I don't want to get too deep into the hows and wherefores right now. That's a different preach, right? But it is possible to have some kind of consecration. In other words, let's just explain that briefly. So consecration means to make something holy. Right? So, so not, not like hallowed, Hallowed is acknowledging something that is already holy. Consecration is making something that was not holy into something that is now holy. Okay? So somehow that can happen. It's got quite a big implication, right? We're separated. God's too different. We're separated. And yet we can come into his presence if we're consecrated. We'll come back to them. Let's look at another verse just to, to try and get our another passage just to, to, to get into our heads. This God is so different. It's so in Isaiah. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke again, his presence. It's like smoke, it's filled the entire house. He had heavenly beings worshipping him and declaring him as holy, holy, holy. Now this picture of God should be enough on his own to, to make us say hallowed be your name, to convince us of God's holiness. But not just because there's seraphim, right? Because the, these, these angelic beings are, are, are singing holy, holy, holy of them. Because it clearly shows him as so different from us. So magnificent compared to us. He is so much greater, so much more powerful. He is so other from us. Again, it goes on. It says, Woe is me. This is Isaiah talking about. Woe is me for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. So again, there's this way that a person could come into the presence of God. Isaiah needed to have his guilt taken away to be cleansed in some way. 
But what I really wanted to pick up from this was how Isaiah came to the realisation that he needed. He saw the king, the Lord of hosts, and his immediate response was to realise how unworthy he was to even be in the presence. So let me ask you this question. When you pray, if you pray, do you have in your mind who you're praying to? Do you realise how great this king on the throne is? This one that uttered some words and a universe was created. This one who sits on a throne and is son to. Holy, holy, holy. This one who is so much greater than us, whose presence we shouldn't even be able to enter. When he speaks, it's like thunder. The earth shakes. When we proclaim, hallowed be your name, it shouldn't be a flippant. Praise God. He is the Almighty. He is so much greater, so much holier than we can even get our heads around. When we say, hallowed be your name, we are really saying how mind-blowingly different from us God is and how deserving of our praise he is. He is utterly amazing, utterly incredible, magnificent. Just That's just who he is. I haven't talked about what he's done. <laughs> that's just who God is. That's the Father we're coming to. Now I've hinted to some of what he's done as well. <laughs> so, and if you're a Christian, you know where this is going. The, 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 this consecration, this, this dealing with guilt, this enabling us to come into his presence. Those sins that Isaiah talked about mean we can't do that. We can't enter into his presence. then you shouldn't even be able to talk to him. So this prayer that Jesus tells us to pray, we shouldn't even be able to do. Because none of us are righteous, right with God, none of us. Not I. So the next reason I want to pick up on this, or why we can come before God and say, hallowed be your name and mean is because of what he's done. It's because when we approach, we're not approaching in our righteousness, our whiteness with God, are we? As Christians, we get to come in God's righteousness. And say, so not only is he the one that is unlike anyone else, he's also the one that's made it that we can even talk to him. 
There is no way that we can deal with our sin other than through trusting that the Father sent Jesus Christ to die in our place and take the punishment that that sin deserves in our place to consecrate us there. You can tell we're in England because I might get an amen or something somewhere else, but you will believe it, hopefully. The Apostle Paul puts it like this. For our sake, he, God, made him, as Jesus, to be sin, to take on our sin. Who knew no sin, who never sinned. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we, we get his righteousness instead of ours. When we come before God, we're seen. As the Son, as in the same way as Jesus is seen. I assume when I was preaching out, we'll pick up on this in a few weeks when we talk about forgive us our debts. But, but for the minute, I just want us to dwell on this thought. As we approach God, this mighty, incredible one, this one seated on the heavenly throne, as we approach Him, totally unworthy to approach him. In our minds we should be thinking we are made worthy and by him. We deserve the separation but instead we get to enter into his presence. so much greater, so much more powerful, so much more amazing than we are, or than anything else that we have ever encountered. We're so dependent on him for it all, right? Even these words Jesus says, our Father in heaven, they can only say because of what he's done. And in fact, even bringing them to mind, to, to know them, to, to know that they're true, comes from God. We, we can't even do that ourselves. It says the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He, he, we even need God to remind us that He's done all of this and that it's true. So in everything, God deserves praise. In everything, God deserves being actively set apart and honoured. So, when we come before God, we really can declare utterly worthy of praise. When we come and say, hallowed be your name, we can come in a sense of awe for who he is. For what he's done through Jesus. I mean, I'm not going to have time to go much further than that, but, but if, you, if you spend time dwelling on it, 
over this week as you pray about this, as you, as you, as you come and just declare God worthy of praise and, 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 and speak to him of what he's done. I hope that your minds turn to you individually as well. We we can all, I'm sure, at least Christians here, think of things individually that God has done as well. But these are the big things that affect all of us, right? And actually, I think that's why Jesus starts his prayer there. This is how we're supposed to... uh, to come, we're supposed to bring this to mind. Who are we approaching? We're approaching our Father in heaven. Hallowed be his name. He's so different, so amazing, so much greater. Let's start there before we bring our requests, before we bring anything else. Let's start with who God is and with why we want to lift his name up. But actually, I think there's a second reason. And it, it comes out as... as um, as we think about then what, what we are praying for we're praying not we're not praying to somebody that can't help right? we're praying to someone who is so incredibly different so incredibly powerful that as we bring our requests we can be uh, sure that he is able to fulfil Owen shared last week to me, he called us to to have a resolution to trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him he will make make straight your paths. We can only do that because of this great God and who he is, right? We need to remind ourselves as we come before him, not just of how amazing he is, but as I have shared with the, with the climbing last week, that he is strong enough to deal with anything. And he is uh, expert enough to know what to do in every situation. Now, I could go on. Spend longer going into all of those different bits that I talked about. I, I try today just to give you a few snippets of, of why God deserves the praise and why God is so amazing. Um, but it would be better like, to actually do it. Say, so, I'm just going to come back up in a minute. I'm going to spend some time praying. Okay, now, so we're not. We're not calling this season of prayer for anything in particular. Okay? We're just calling you guys and us to pray. And so this week as we pray, um, there's loads of ways we can do it, and I, I, I won't chat through some of what we've got set up already, but let's be praying to God. Let's just be declaring who he is. Let's spend the week on this, right? Just declaring God's goodness, declaring how amazing he is, setting in our minds, setting him apart, declaring him holy, because we're acknowledging that he is holy. Yeah? So we're going to spend some time praying now, rather than uh, me talking anymore. I don't want to 